Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Available now from the Radio Theatre Workshop. Elite. Lave Revolution. This is Lave, or Lave 1 to give the correct designation. You crash somewhere here. What do you know about Lave? Many independent systems are ruled by warlords and madmen. Lave was once one of the most important systems in the galaxy. In those days, every independent pilot worth their salt got a license from Lave. Lave has been ruled by one man, Hans Walden, for nearly 100 years. Over a hundred years? The same man? Were you alive back then? They call him the Good Doctor. A rebellion forms on Lave. Uh, You people need to respect us! Or is it a test? Everything is a test. Many of you aren't old enough to remember the Alioth Rebellion. I don't need heroes. I require diligence and duty. One of the most ambitious full-cast audio productions ever attempted by an independent studio. Captains, I require all vessels to be at combat-ready status within the hour. Featuring Toby Longworth and Beth Eyre, known for Star Wars and wooden overcoats. You aren't aware that the good doctor expects results. Wait, how Bowles, what are you doing? Now you understand how serious we are! A five-hour full-cast space opera from the creators of Escape Velocity. Multiple warships inbound, sir. I need your ugly ship and its escorts. Based on the official Elite Dangerous novel. I need your pilots, fighters and military expertise. Witness the revolution. In exchange, I offer you... Glaive. Well done, Prefect. You're looking tired, my friend. Elite. Lave Revolution. Now available on digital download and custom USB edition from www.radiotheatreworkshop.com or search on your favourite audiobook distributor. Are you really doing your part for Lave's return to glory, citizen? Breaking news coverage of the tsunami that has devastated the island nation of Papua New Guinea. Thank you for joining us. Earlier this morning, a tsunami, spawned by the most massive earthquake worldwide to date, a 9.8 on the Richter scale, slammed into Papua New Guinea's eastern coastline, killing thousands. At the same time, it swept away homes, cars, and boats. The CDC urges people who have been in contact with anyone from the Pacific Islands or coastal Australia to report to a local hospital or health clinic for testing. Do not respond to violent behavior. Do not talk to individuals you do not know. Seek shelter and wait for your emergency personnel to intervene. 
Many countries in the UN, including France and the United States, are urging all 25 world countries to deploy troops to North Korea. The North Korean government has claimed responsibility for the outbreak that began shortly after the devastating tsunami that hit Papua New Guinea only three days ago. U.S. Special Forces were deployed to North Korea early yesterday morning, only to discover that they are not responsible for the widespread infection. Now, scientists are debating whether this is the result of biological warfare or a newly emerging infectious disease. At this point in time, scientists cannot pinpoint the origin of the infection or how it spreads. The World Health Organization has issued a state of emergency and requested a travel ban until it is under control. The United Nations has granted the request to suspend all flights, domestic and international, public buses, ride shares, and subways. As of noon today, Eastern Standard Time, all international trade has been suspended indefinitely. The president had no additional comments during the emergency White House briefing this morning. There are no outward physical signs of the infection. Scientists are baffled as to the root cause of this spreading pandemic. It does not appear to be viral or bacterial. Symptoms by someone who may be infected include garbled or slurred speech, confusion, and loss of appetite. The dangerous symptoms are extreme behavior changes, homicidal and suicidal tendencies, aggression, and violent outbursts accompanied by physical violence. If you meet someone you believe may be infected, do not attempt to investigate or provide aid. Contact your local emergency personnel immediately and wait for assistance. Welcome to the Agonal Dreams Podcast, Season 1, Episode 1 of Post-Apocalyptic Nightmare. This audio theater features some situations that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Chapter 1. The Beginning of the End. hands worked deftly, manoeuvring through refuse and rot, soiled but determined. The young woman used the back of her palm to wipe her brow, noticing the lack of moisture which concerned her. The landscape around her was surreal, but the woman's will to live outweighed her despair. To an untrained eye, the ground appeared as if it were covered in dazzling white snow, but she knew better. She had been here long enough to know it was actually a massive layer of salt, covering the ground like a glorious winter day. Impossible, even after the weather changed for the worse. The air was unbearably hot, with not a wisp of humidity to calm the sinuses. In this harsh environment, even breathing could be painful. Yet here she stood, alive, despite everything. In the past, many people had flocked to the area, spent the vacation days lounging near the sea, absorbing the sun like thriving foliage. But those days were long gone, a faint memory to those still living. The peninsula was now merely a pass-through, for survivors and alike, that never stayed for very long. Once a bustling oasis, the area formerly known as Florida was now a land of extremes. A scorching desert of death, a seemingly endless jut of salt and sand 
surrounded on three sides by tumultuous surf. Find anything? Another young woman, her own hands tucked under her incredibly hot but desperately needed jacket. She watched the first impatiently, her eyes darting back and forth across the derelict wasteland with suspicion. Despite the darkness, she wore a black bandana across her nose and mouth, shielding most of her face under the ebony fabric. It did little to block the smell of refuse and decay all around her, but it was a necessity with all the frequent nosebleeds that befell those living in the sweltering arid wasteland. Reluctantly, she pulled it down slightly and stepped closer to the other young woman. Cat, did you find anything? Cat tossed another handful of trash over her shoulder and quickly scanned the proximity for anything edible. Just junk. God, it's so hot. She tried to ignore the gnawing sensation in her stomach and the beads of sweat that rolled down her neck. Her physical discomfort, coupled with the irritated grumblings of her companion, made her mood darken considerably. The sun's almost up. I can feel it. we got to get back inside. I can't afford any more burns. We still have an hour or so of darkness. We can't waste it. You can go back now if you want, but I'm going to check for a few more supplies. Her stomach gurgled audibly, and she saw Jenny's expression sour. Well, you're going to get us killed. I can go without food or water for a couple of days, okay? But look at my skin. It's so burnt. Jenny thrust out her arm to try to dissuade Cat, her fellow scavenger, from continuing. The area was red and blistered, not very different from Cat's own battered body. She barely gave Jenny a second glance as she rummaged through the discarded debris, desperately searching for anything to provide the pair with another day of nourishment. When was the last time you had clean water? I'm sick of worrying about finding supplies every single day. We need to find resources, stock up, and conserve our energy. Do you even want to survive? Cat stood, waiting for Jenny's response, but she had none. Just get out of here! Getting on my nerves. It's not like you help with anything anyway. Why do you always do that? You never even listen to me. You just do whatever you want. Without basic necessities, we're dead. Forget the virus. If we don't eat or drink, we die. (sighs) As Jenny nervously switched her weight back and forth from each foot, Kat watched her companion cast worried glances over her shoulder every few seconds. Kat's demeanour softened as she realised Jenny's fears were just as valid as her own, different as they may be. If you're afraid of a basher, don't be. You have your knife on you, right? I'll be back inside in a while. Get your knife, she says. I'll be back inside in a while, she says. Leave Jenny by herself and get killed. Such a fucking great friend you turned out to be. Kat sighed and continued searching. Her desperation increased as the minutes ticked away. Kat could vividly remember the day the tsunami wiped out an entire island nation. It was all over the news, day and night. Immediately following the disaster, humans around the globe began to fall by the millionfold in what came to be known as the madness. Those who became infected had a solitary objective, to kill. Panic ensued as stores were emptied of their supplies. 
Survivors became scavengers as the world went silent. Temperatures in the Western Hemisphere rose to scorching triple digits, while the Northern Hemisphere plunged into frigid darkness. Cat paused as she wiped the grime of a once metallic sign, now broken and discarded in a trash mound. Eglin Air Force Base. A pang of dread formed a tight knot at the back of her throat. She wasn't alone. Cat could hear two men close by. She could feel her pulse quicken as she flattened herself against the brick wall in front of her. Attempting to remain as quiet as possible, she slowly peeked out from around the wall to see what was happening. Please, no, don't! Alan, it's me. You remember me, don't you? Come on now, don't do this. Cat watched in horror as the man identified as Alan grabbed the other by the throat and threw him with inhuman strength. He cried out as his body made contact with a concrete wall and crumpled into a broken heap, convulsions preventing him from further pleading with his attacker. The basher slowly walked over to him, grinning from ear to ear with devilish delight. Cat muffled a scream as she witnessed him picking up a cinder block and hoisting it up over his shoulder. He grunted only once before he smashed it against the dying man's temple, completely silencing him. Seeming satisfied, the man howled his demented call loudly into the night, as if alerting others he had claimed another victim. Tears pricked at the corners of Cat's eyes as she felt the pain of losing another survivor. In an instant, the basher came sprinting around the corner, as if following his instinct. He was on top of her, wrapping her slender throat with his dirty, freezing fingers. Let me go! Feeling her vision fade from the lack of oxygen, Kat made a final attempt at escape as she dug her fingernails into the basher's bloodshot eyes. With the painful distraction in place and a temporary lapse in the pressure around her neck, she used all her might to propel herself away from him and took off, running into the cover of darkness. Now that the creature was aware of her, she knew he would be determined to find her and kill her. Cat could hear his frothing, ragged breaths closing in on her, but she pushed herself further and faster than she had ever needed to run before. Her lungs began to burn as she desperately tried to search for any sort of opening, crevice or hideaway to seek refuge from the monster grasping at her heels. Her steps were noisy as she bounded through heaps of rubbish, Pieces of shrapnel left behind from ill-fated battles pierced her bare legs and punctured her shoes. Finding no suitable escape, Cat made one final desperate lunge to the left, reaching out for anything discernible in the darkness. With seconds to spare, she grabbed onto a rusty door handle and flung herself inside. She felt the basher's fingers brush against the edges of her shirt as she slammed the door in his face, making him howl with rage. Hey, who the hell are you? I'm not one of them. Get off of me! Still trying to catch her breath, 
Kat was wrenched up off the floor by a man. One hand forcibly pressed her up against the wall, while the other reached for a pistol. Tell me your full name. What's your goddamn full name? Cat! Cat! My name is Cat! Spell it. What? Why? Because I said so. Okay, okay. K-A-T. Good enough? Fine. Can you let go of me? The man slowly released his grip on her shoulder, and Cat annoyedly put some distance between them. Do you greet everyone like this, or just people you like? What? What's the matter with you? Shut up. It's still outside. You didn't hear anything just now? Just you. What are you doing? With obvious irritation, the man put his gun away and latched the lock on the door. Kat looked at him nervously and untrusting as she folded her arms across her chest. The basher moaned and slammed itself into the door, over and over with such force it shook the small camping lantern on the floor. He sighed and opened his duffel bag. Instead of answering right away, he took his time rummaging through his bag, taking out items one at a time before producing a brown bottle and some white tape. He gestured to her legs, which she hadn't realized were dripping with blood from her escape. You look pretty banged up. Let me at least clean it for you so it doesn't get infected. Kat nodded and sat down on the cold concrete floor. She watched him take out a pair of gloves and some cotton before dabbing her cuts with the liquid from the brown bottle. Ow! That stings! Well, yeah. It's antiseptic. It's supposed to sting a little. Just means it's working. He was done within five minutes, and Kat could feel the burning sensation on her legs begin to subside. Then the man zipped up his bag and stood up, and Kat noticed the air was still. The basher was no longer smashing itself into the door. All clear. Looks like it was just the one. Without giving her another glance, he threw one strap over his shoulder and pushed the door open and paused after the obligatory creak before he stepped outside into the night. The basher lay dead just outside the door, its smashed head a testament to its hampered intelligence. Hey, wait! You were just going to leave without saying a word? You know what it's been like out here. I haven't survived for this long on accident. Obviously I'm like you. Ho <laughs> ho I seriously doubt you're anything like me. Well, you can't be completely heartless, or you wouldn't have helped me back there. Who said I was heartless? The man kept walking, and Cat followed. What do you want? Well, thank you. For, uh, you know, bandaging my legs. You're welcome. That's it? What do you mean? Stop walking for one second, please. He sighed loudly, but obliged her. Once again, I'll ask. What do you want? Why are you in such a rush to get away from me? I work better alone. That's ridiculous. Why are you following me? This is actually the way to my place. You live here? Yep. How did you end up here, inside the base? You can't have been here since lockdown. Kat said nothing. She simply studied his facial features in the moonlight as they walked. He pretended as though he didn't notice. 
There's no way you've been here the whole time. I would have run into you before now. So I take it you're an infiltrator then? Maybe. Or maybe I'm just passing through. What's it to you, anyway? I was just wondering. Relax. I think the end of the world negates who has the authority and who doesn't. Kat could feel the tension in the air. She remembered the fate of the man thrown against the wall by one of the infected and tried to make peace with the stranger. After all, his simple act of kindness, coupled with his offhand disposition, fascinated her. I wasn't inside before the lockdown. What? I'm answering your question. Okay, so how did you get in? I found a way. I was looking for someone. Who? My father. Did you end up finding him? (laughs) It was a doomed mission from the start. He never had a chance, really. That's a shame. Sorry to hear that. Were you too close? Kat tried to hide her smile as she noticed the gruffness leave his tone. Not exactly. He worked on the space. I came here to try to find him. We never met before. His name was Rogelio Song. Shot in the dark here, but, uh, have you heard of him? No. Can't say I have. Are you sure? You lived on the same base. Well, what's his rank? I don't know. I told you I'd never even seen him. What did he do? He was in the Air Force. No, no, I mean his job. Of course he was in the Air Force if he lived here. Well, what did you used to do? I was a medic. So, what? You're like, a doctor? I have medical training, if that's what you're asking. Did you go to medical school? I was in training. To be a doctor? Physician's assistant. Oh, like a doctor's helper. No, not like a doctor's helper. What's so funny? Nothing. Don't worry about it. I knew my dad flew planes, so I'm guessing he was a pilot of some sort. Maybe that's why you didn't know him. Yeah, maybe. I was only here a couple of months anyway before all this... you know. Wait, what's your name? I mean, it's only fair since you already know mine. And I won't even make you spell it. (laughs) Adrian. Adrian, huh? I like that. Adrian. Quiet. You know those things are triggered by noise. What do you think has happened to everyone? Not the best time to have a casual conversation. Let's get back to your place. Those things are extremely active tonight for some reason. We don't want to get outnumbered. It's right up here. The second one on the left. Do you want to come in and stay a while until the coast is clear? No. I'm going back to my place to rest and pack before I leave. You're leaving the base? Yep. My time here has run its course. Supplies are low and the number of infected is high. Time to move on. What's your plan? Don't worry about me. Just take care of yourself, Kat. Are you serious? You honestly think I'm the significant threat you must protect yourself from? I'm just trying to stay alive. Same as you. Working together would increase our chance of survival, don't you think? My plan is to head north and try to get away from this heat. There. That's all I got. Well, don't you suppose having a team would give you better odds? I told you I'm better off alone. You can't say you honestly believe that. 
Okay, whatever, fine. You can come, but I'm not a babysitter. If you don't carry your own weight, we part ways. Deal? Deal. I suggest getting some rest. I travel for long stretches at a time. Bring all the supplies you got and meet me at dusk by the front guard shack. Now go! Wait a second. What? How will you know when it's safe? What if it's not any better up north? We won't know what we're looking for until we find it. Hope we're able to find food out there. It's not like we can just stop at a drive-thru or something on the way. Relax, Ginny. Everything will be fine. Besides, it's not much better here. Base is trash now. But in here it's safe. We're locked in and have everything we need. Why risk leaving? If by everything you mean garbage and scummy water, then yeah, we're living like kings. The hell? Cat, who's this? Uh, Adrian, this is Ginny. He wasn't expecting me? No. Cat never said she was bringing anyone. Isn't it better to ask for forgiveness rather than permission? You know what? Fine. Just hurry up and put your stuff in the back. Let's go. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Where are we going? North. But like, how far? North is a direction, not a place. Here we go. I'm really not up for discussing anything at the moment. And why is that? Yoo-hoo, soldier. Hello. We deserve to know where you're taking us. Hey, your friend here has to come with me. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm the leader of this convoy. You told me he asked for us to come. That's because I knew you would have been stubborn and refused to leave. You lied to both of us. Wow, Kat. We would have died if we stayed in there. Ginny is right, though. We deserve to know where you're taking us. We don't even really know you. Well, what do you want to know? Oh, I don't know. Let's start with how many people have you killed. It's very offensive to ask someone that in the military, you know. I wasn't referring to your time in the service. I was referring to you being crazy. Come on, Jenny, grow up. Yeah, I don't think this is working out. There's plenty of abandoned vehicles all around. You should be able to find one to use. Oh my god, Cat. Could you have picked a bigger buzzkill to hitch a ride from? Oh, let's go back to the base. Screw this guy. Listen, we both know the base is running out of food and water. We have an opportunity to find a better place to live, and potentially find more survivors like us. Don't ruin this. I'm talking to both of you. The three sat in reflective silence as the countryside flew past them on both sides. Adrian white-knuckled the steering wheel in irritation. Kat rested her forehead upon the passenger's side window's warm glass, and Jenny fretted nervously in the back seat. So, Adrian, what's the real story? About what? What's making everyone go crazy? Why did the weather change after that storm? A science experiment gone wrong? Why would you assume I know anything about it? The military always has the inside information. 
Hell, I bet they planned this whole thing. All the celebrities and VIPs are probably all underground somewhere, wearing their doomsday masks, waiting for the rest of us to croak. <laughs> right. Fine. Keep the government secrets. I know about as much as anyone else. Unfortunately, my pay grade doesn't entitle me to the juicy details. So you do think someone had something to do with all this? What? No, I mean I honestly don't know. That's reassuring. Are we ever going to stop? I want to sleep. You got the whole backseat. Excuse me for not wanting to use your shotgun butt for a pillow. I could use a stretch. Fine. See? I'm a reasonable guy. You probably just need to pee. Well, since we're gonna stop anyway. Jenny frowned as she surveyed the raggedy-looking motel Adrian pulled in front of. You don't expect us to sleep here, do you? What's wrong now? It's a motel. So? There are no interior doors inside the lobby. What the heck are you talking about? The front desk opens right to the parking lot with no front glass windows. I've slept in worse places. I could be cuddling up in my own bed right now. Let's just give it a chance. I've been driving for hours. Someone who wants to bash your fucking skull in. It's in the name, idiot. I didn't want to be cliche and say zombies or anything like that. They're still people. Yeah, people with ears. So would you both shut up? Let me just... I'll go in first. No way. I'll gladly lend you a weapon, but there's no way in hell you're leading. So you're saying you can't cover my back? He would much rather cover your front, I'm sure. I'm still the most trained here. Hell, I'm the only one trained here. Has either of you ever even shot a gun before? Uh, do you count water or paintball? Not that I've tried either of those, but still. There's a first time for everything. Well, here's lesson one. The trio slowly entered the building. There hadn't been electricity for weeks, so the air was stale and heavy. Adrian stopped in his tracks, causing Kat and Jenny to bump into him as they all saw someone moving behind the counter. Back up. Hey, you. A petite woman at the desk turned around and stared at them, unmoving. Y'all must be from out of town. What's your name? I said, y'all must be... From out of town. Adrian, what are you doing? Just watch. You can't tell me your name, can you? Y'all? From... The poor girl. Look how young she is. That's not a person. That's a Halloween decoration. Show some respect. It's 
it's obviously some sort of neurological condition. Maybe a parasite or something. Aren't you a doctor? You should already know these things, right? <coughs> PA. <clears throat> Nobody knows what that is. Just say doctor from now on. I've never seen anything like this. No obvious external signs of infection whatsoever. Just like the media said. Eyes, pupils normal. Tongue, teeth, mouth in good health. Skin is a little solid, but that's to be expected. She has been stuck in this building for some time. It's like the only thing that's missing is the capacity for logical thinking. You know, except for the whole murder as many people as you can part. What part of the brain controls that? She was holding this knife behind her back. Very interesting. What? She had the foresight to hide a weapon to use in case someone came into the building. But she couldn't say anything other than a few words. I mean, how long was she holding that? Just waiting for someone to come in? If I could honestly figure out why this is happening, possibly stop it or or reverse it... Yeah, okay, Adrian. You go ahead and figure out what scientists and researchers failed to do weeks ago. Go ahead and solve life's greatest mystery on your own time. Right now, I'm ready to find a clean bed and go to sleep. What are you tired from? I'm the one who's been driving all night. (sighs) They carefully stepped over the dead clock and made their way down the motel's narrow hallway. Almost every door was ajar, and as they pushed the first one all the way open, a horrific stench cascaded out of the room. No, 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 no. I cannot stay here. The smell is horrible. It smells like red tide. Ugh. Adrian and Kat opened the doors to every single room. All were occupied by patrons stiff from rigor mortis. There are dead bodies in all the rooms. Ugh. It's going to take hours to get them all out of here. Housekeeping. I'm afraid we're going to run into this problem no matter where we go. I'm leaving. No way in hell can I handle this. Going back to the base is looking better and better every second. We'll just try something else. It's okay. Every place isn't going to be perfect, but it will get better. I promise. The only way I'll agree to continue on this idiotic road trip is if I get to drive. Nobody said you had to come. How many times do I have to tell you? You need to sleep. Obviously, you're not a machine. Plus, you're getting cranky. Kat, I think that's just his personality. I'll be fine. Besides, do you even have an American driver's license? We drive on the right side, you know. Didn't realize people only knew how to drive in America. Like it really matters anyway. You know, with all the other drivers on the road. Ah, annoying. We're just messing with you, Adrian, old buddy, old pal. We'll stop. But I still want to drive. I don't care who drives. Just get us there in one piece. Derek, is that you? Who's Derek? Nobody. Damn it, the car's overheating. Cat, grab a jug of water from the trunk. Wow. How lucky are we to have a doctor, a soldier, and a mechanic all in one? Lucky us. Here, let me give it some water. Adrian surveyed the car's mechanics under the hood. As he pulled off the radiator's cap, they both heard the bubbling remnants of fluid boiling. As he slowly poured in some water, a quick burst of steam shot out and caught him in the eye. Adrian! 
Adrian, are you okay? Let me see. Upon the first reaction, he pulled away from her and shielded his face with his forearms. But Kat insisted, pulling at his hands until he allowed her to look at the damage. Ah, fuck that hurt. It's really red. Here, keep your eye closed. Adrian winced as the burning of his eye intensified. God damn it, stupid fucking piece of shit. Adrian, calm down. Calm down? This fucking radiator is leaking, I can't see shit out of my eye, and it's a hundred degrees out here. And you're telling me to calm down? It's fine. We'll just switch out this car with something else. You take a break from driving, let your eye heal, and we will be okay. Hello? This is a ghost town. Where do you expect to find a drivable vehicle in a place like this with keys inside? Well, we can't just sit out here and roast feeling sorry for ourselves. One of us needs to bring back a car and pick up the other two. It'll be faster if only one of us goes. Okay. What now, Dr. Mechanic? I'll go. Hell no. You're not leaving me with her. Doesn't look like we have a choice right now, does it? Give me your gun. Isn't there any other way? Send Jenny. We both know how that would turn out. Look, I know you don't want to admit that you want us around, but I promise having us here will pay off. Let me go get a car and we'll be back on the road. Cat watched Adrian bite his bottom lip, as if he didn't already know he had no other option than the one she presented. Reluctantly, he pulled out his pistol and handed it to her. It has an extended clip in case you need the extra ammo. Wow. Hey, are you sure you can handle this? Yes. Yes, I can do it. Piece of cake. Don't talk to anyone. And I mean anyone. Yeah, I know. Don't worry, I got this. Jenny and I will go hold up in that storage facility across the street. And don't forget to stay out of the sun as much as possible. Don't forget! After several hours of walking, Kat entered a quiet residential area. Small colour-coordinated boxy homes with white picket fences and manicured lawns lined the street. A tall, cream-coloured water tower with a faded brown stripe running down its belly rose high above her head. If it was a different time, she might have been excited to look around. There weren't any little towns like this where she came from. Despite her interest, she continued walking down the town's main street, ironically boasting the same name. The town was eerily silent, and the lack of dead bodies concerned her greatly. In every other place the trio had passed through, the overwhelming number of corpses piled high in the air like human landfills had been difficult to stomach, but this sudden lack of carnage left her feeling increasingly frightened. There it is again. What the hell is that sound?
Miss. Miss, are you okay? Yeah, I think so. Great shot, you saved me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Come on, let me help you up. What is that thing? Oh, my crossbow? I've never seen one like that. I just modified it a tiny bit. I'm looking for a car. Do you have one? Uh, no. I don't drive. Let's get out of here. Come on, let's go. The young man had been wearing a hood, covering most of his face when she first saw him. But now, standing face to face, she noticed something off about his appearance. What's wrong with your eyes? Get away from me. You're one of them. Please relax. I'm stepping back. I'm not going to hurt you. I need to go. He's going to kill me. Who? Not me. I, I gotta go. I I'm sorry. I, I can't risk it. Perfect. Keys inside. Full tank. Hey! Where are you going? Please! Don't leave me out here! Look! There's more of them coming! I'm sorry! Hey, I, I gotta go! Wait! Hey! Wait a minute! Don't leave me! Hey! That's when she saw them. A horde of bashers. At least 250 thick. Less than a football field away from them. They barricaded the road with their squirming bodies. With the synchronization of mechanical Machiavellianism, they turned and charged towards Cat and the frightened man in the street. Many of the bashers began to run in a full sprint on wounded legs, while others simply limped or crawled in a dire effort to trap them. Cat didn't think she could barrel through them, even with the gas pedal mashed to the metal. There were just too many of them. The most horrifying thing about the mass was how normal they appeared. Despite a few of them with minor and mortal injuries, the majority appeared to be cognizant and aware of Kat's presence in a genuinely dangerous way. She hadn't seen the Mountains of Dead because this town was still very much alive. reached the end of this nightmare. Should you dare, join us again next time for another chapter of Post-Apocalyptic Nightmare. Starring Johnny Brown Sainton, Andrew Quintero, Emily Husband, Esther Payne, Allegra Rodriguez Shivers, and me, Chidume Bean Jocko Brown. This episode also featured the voice talents of Sarah Carl, Sandra Lizuski, Eric Michael Grant, Priyanka Lawani, Rafael Buga Velega, Greg Thomas, Nicholas Watson, and Michelle Kane. Written by Courtney Holloway. Sound design by Christopher Jarvis at the Radio Theatre Workshop. Original music composed by Bradley Parsons. 
For full access to the show notes, check us out online. And don't forget to head over to wherever you listen to podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Twisted Pulp Magazine.